How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling, and we did a book review for you, which is a first, and this will also be a first for us, which is I'm going to be reviewing a podcast that I listen to. It's a, a short podcast, not an ongoing one, obviously, but uh, we're going to be talking about the podcast called Ashley versus WWE, the story of wrestler Ashley Massaro. And uh, it was released September 7th, 2023. It runs about three hours and 41 minutes, and it is a audible original. So I, uh, you know, through some news site, I discovered that this was going to be released, and I thought it might be interesting to listen to, and I have an audible account, so... It didn't cost me anything. So if you don't have an Audible account, I think that it might be the only way to listen to it. I actually didn't check if it's on YouTube or anything like that. It might be. Um, but uh, you can check it out there. And like I said, it's not a long podcast, but I, I did think it was worth uh, checking out. For those who might not remember Ashley Massaro, she first came to be in the wrestling world in 2005 she was a uh, contestant in the Raw Diva Search. Remember when that was a thing, Leonard? What was your opinion about the Raw Diva Searches? Um, you know, they were. I enjoyed Tough Enough. The Diva Search, not so much. Although I will say they did get some. Okay, didn't Christy Hemme come from the uh, Diva Search? He did indeed. Yeah. Yeah, and a few and a few others. I think. It was them trying to do something titillating past the point where they were doing that on a regular basis. It's not necessarily a bad idea if all they were looking for was, say, a spokesmodel. Uh, the fact that they didn't have to teach whatever girl how to wrestle, that was always the problem. You know, they, want, they didn't want to take wrestlers and, you know, as I make air quotes, pretty them up. They wanted to take fitness models and teach them how to wrestle, which outside, say, like Trish Stratus never really worked. Funny you should mention. We will uh, touch on that very thing here. Um, as okay. We podcast. So Ashley Massaro did come from the modeling world that prior to becoming uh, a member of the WWE roster. And she would win that Diva Search August 15th, 2005. Uh, she would win. And this is not a recap of her career. So for those listening, I'm sorry, I'm not going to recap her entire career or life. I'm going to go through some of the bullet points of this podcast. I forgot to mention it is narrated by Isabel Thompson, produced by Rachel Byrne. And uh, so right off the bat, like this is a podcast that is taking the point of view of like it's basically telling you about wrestling as if you've never heard of it before now mm. wrestling fans who checked out documentaries and such i'm sure are used to this to a certain degree i am mm. i kind of like accept it and move on if that bothers you that might this might not be for you but go ahead the people who are involved here who are they just uh, as far as i know just a journalist right so they would take that tactic because they don't know any better. Right. Um, and and they are probably pitching this to a non-wrestling audience 
or want to, because the wrestling audience is probably going to see the name and tune in, but they want to, I would guess, want to appeal to a non-wrestling audience as well. So you kind of have to do some explanation. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, this is, you know, marketed as Audible original. So they want people, anybody who has uh, an Audible account to check in. So the idea is that her story is interesting, not so much that she's a wrestler. Right. Well, this is more about the situations that led to her suicide Mm. and less about like a, you know, point by point explanation of her life and career um, although they do go over some of those points so you know it starts out you know talking you know, giving you a background on wrestling in general some of the lingo some of the history then they go into ashley's life and they talk about vince mcmahon a lot and specifically the era that ashley was a a talent in and how raunchy that era that era was so this is painting a, the, the person who n- narrates this and I would guess the person who produces it are people that don't like wrestling. So that will be a turnoff for some of you um, as it was for me. Um, these people clearly do not like wrestling. They're trying to paint a certain picture of what happened with Ashley and we'll get to the issues that come about there. Um, but that is kind of the attitude I got right away. So they talk about some of the ways that the blurring the lines of reality and storytelling and wrestling. And uh, they touch on some of the misogyny regarding this raunchy era that was there, you know, both on screen and maybe even behind the scenes. Um, now, as Leonard just mentioned, you know, they are taking, they wanted these fitness models and then wanted them to transition into being a wrestler. So for somebody like Ashley, she wanted to train. She was training in Long Island at times, but they, you know, actively um, told her that she can't and, you know, began to stop her from training altogether, which this podcast rightfully so will show you that like this is a person who wanted to train was trying to get better but because she wasn't able to do that and get better this could lead to injuries in the ring and you know do they say why wwe stopped her from doing training not not outright like you know like they kind of paint the picture like she would maybe have time to do that here and there or maybe they you know like she could just you know if she had time train before the events (laughs) you know stuff like that i thought maybe it was because she was seeking independent training and they were like no you have to do our people because wwe is very much about wwe style and that would probably, but that probably was the line that she was given, like you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, not maybe trainer we were we're affiliated with or whatever. Um, but the the fact of the matter is, she wasn't given adequate training, and yes. that would that would lead to to injuries. Um, but the big part about this podcast is what happened to Ashley when they went on a tour. Um, tribute for the troops 
um, in Kuwait. There was an incident, at, you know, I'm not going, this came out via an affidavit later on after, um, you know, I think after her death. Um, basically, you know, she alleged that she was sexually assaulted um, after, you know, when she was supposed to be receiving medical training. Um, they were on a military base and a lot of the WWE people had left. I think there were a couple people still there, um, but that she was viciously assaulted. And that is kind of the climax of this. Um, so they did they say by who or was it was it was it someone that she in the military was somebody in the military? Because yeah, it did not sound like it was a WWE individual. Um, that would have probably been a much bigger news item. Um, but yeah, this was somebody in the military or somebody that was possibly posing as somebody who was a doctor or, you know, somebody that was kind of snuck in to where Ashley was after she was receiving medical attention. Apparently she was given like, not by her choice, like this, like paralytic drug that prevented her from being able to move. So, um, it's a, it's a horrible, it's a horrible situation um that she was involved in and so this was obviously like a big turning point in her life and so much of the podcast tries to go about like the aftermath of that who knew about it and was it covered up and so the podcast alleges that she would that she spoke to people in WWE, but that they, you know, had a meeting with her and basically wanted her to be silent because they wanted to protect their relationship with the military because the tribute to the troops is a very big deal. Sure. That sounds like a very likely stance for a business to take right that's yeah. about that's about as softballish as i can explain it without like ac outright accusing them so that was a big part of this as well um and that compound that incident with the fact that she was performing through injuries and leonard you know via documentaries and podcasts and all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff that when you're injured in pro wrestling there's often this, you know, kind of maybe unsaid urge to keep the people performing, even through these injuries. The Maybe the talent thinks they're going to lose their spot, or maybe there's pressure from people in the back to, you know, keep going, and even when maybe they shouldn't. And obviously, a lot of things have changed. And now, mm -hmm. when somebody is injured, there's more of an immediate reaction of let's take this person off the road. Let's take this person out of the show, out of the match, whatever. Um, but it wasn't always like that. Am I right? Yeah. And all sports were like that. You know, you talk about concussion protocols with the NFL was a big one. It was always, you know, rub some dirt in it and walk it off. And, and, and it was like that in all sports and, and then also wrestling. And I think they have gotten better uh, at, at that. And, and, and I think part of it was, it was a double-edged sword because it was the company wanting you to perform and the performer saying, well, I'm not going to let on how bad it is because I don't want them right. to take me off the road or to lose my spot. So I think it was 
one of those, you know, we won't ask you too much and you don't tell us too much and we'll keep the status quo. Right. And I think this in this case, um, one of the main injuries was there was a fracture. I believe it was either her arm or her hand. And uh, she they wanted her to just get right back into the ring after like a, a couple weeks or something like that. And that wasn't enough time for it to heal. And so that was one of the issues that she had. And like all of this, it was kind of like building for her. Right. Um, one of the main interviews that they do um, is with a Dr. Rios, who was a doctor. at the Was it S.A. Rios? I, it is not. It is not S.A. Rios. Okay. Uh, would have been that would have been funny. Um, this is Dr. Rios that did work for WWE and, uh, you know, he stated that he knew about the assault, like not that he was there, but that he had heard about it via gossip in the back that it it was kind of going around. Um, and, uh, so a a lot of the latter half of this podcast is, is Isabel Thompson, the narrator, trying to get interviews with people, trying to Mm -hmm. get with people that knew Ashley or people that knew about the assault, um, trying to kind of find her way into the wrestling, into the WWE, like uh, not locker room, so to speak, to try and find people that will go on record and say, yes, we knew about this assault or yes, we knew that they asked her to be silent. And, you know, at one point it gets somewhat michael moorish <laughs> because they try to go to wrestlemania and you know she's like oh you know it would be great if we could get a you know an interview with uh with vince or you know like you know somebody like that um and obviously you know that that's not going to happen because if they got call ahead a- first huh call ahead first well yeah uh and wwe right. they they say doesn't officially comment on. No, no, they don't. Anything. Before, because you're shifting gears, let me ask you: Did they talk anything about uh, uh, the fact that she was one of their Playboy cover models and how that played into anything? Yes, yes, she was. Okay. Really, that was like, you know, she was more than happy to be a part of that. That was a big deal. Okay. Um, and uh, and and a, a quick sidetrack here, and because of it. Uh, you know, I, I think it's probably a shame that they don't do that anymore. I think that was really actually a great partnership. Um, and, and if you're going to do something like that, Playboy is the most tasteful way to, to do it. And, and and I think especially now, Playboy would probably benefit from it more than what WWE would. Um, but, but, but I'm glad to hear that that was something that she, given everything else you've said so far, that that was an experience that she enjoyed doing. Um, and so the importance of it for her career, uh, because because I I, I, I I like hearing I like hearing that uh, uh, because of everything else that you you know you've said with the sexual assault and different things. Yeah, and I think that if I recall, now I wasn't watching wrestling really around this time, but I think that they had a whole big uh, to do about her cover and stuff on Raw. Yeah, they always did. Um, you know, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. It was because I know around this time it was it was Maria, it was Ashley, it was uh, uh, Christy Hemme did it. Of course, Tori Wilson and Sable and China before them, and I'm probably missing a couple of the other ladies that that did do it. But they always made it was an annual thing there for a while, and they always made a big thing about the cover unveiling 
um, because you never knew who the girl was until they would do the cover. And it was a giant size cover over the ring and they would drop a, a drape and they really made a big thing out of it at the time. Right. No, absolutely. Um, and, you know, they interview her friends and, and stuff throughout this. I think they interview uh, a former uh, security officer that was a part of WWE who, who knew her. Um, and, you know, like basically they're trying to build towards like a big interview get and uh you know we'll we'll get to that here in a second um so they talk about her exit from WWE and this is where I started to have some issues with this podcast uh, because they talk about her exit from WWE and they describe her last on-screen appearance which for people who don't remember, I could probably post a picture of it if, you know, is she accidentally spills coffee onto Vince's shirt. And Vince then, you know, tears her a new one and says she's fired because it was clearly an accident and all this kind of stuff. But Vince was playing the Mr. McMahon character. Yeah. And they made it seem like that was like blurring the, the shoot. Like, and that's just not the case. <laughs> like, so she did leave in 2008. And one of the reasons that she left was because of her daughter being sick. So a week prior to, you know, she, you know, she was released. And as far as I know, um, she asked to be let go of her contract because of her daughter being sick. So, like, there, there are certain things that if they don't even don't address at all, they skim over it because they want, you know, to paint the picture that, like, after the assault, that it was just this constant downward spiral. And to an extent, I'm sure that that is the case. But, you know, her release was something that she had asked for. Um, and, of course, she was involved in the class action lawsuit that uh, mm -hmm. Constantine Kairos had organized and that didn't that didn't turn to anything for anybody that was yeah, that, that, that stalled out and didn't go anywhere to my memory but I think that's where this affidavit about the sexual assault I think that's how that eventually uh, that would that would that would make sense yeah so the big uh interview at uh, like they they do talk to Mick Foley and uh, Melina, and like I said, I mentioned that she's trying. You know, she went to WrestleMania, this the host, and tried to get interviews with other people there. Um, but uh, they kind of skim over her suicide. I'll get to that in a second. But the big interview get is Paul London, who dated Ashley Massaro. Well, okay, I was like, if your biggest get is Paul London, you're not doing something right. On the surface, it's like Paul London. Who cares? But he, yeah. And I have listened to some of Paul London. I don't know if he has a podcast or he's guested on a lot of podcasts, but I have listened to him. And he is all about spilling all the tea he could possibly spill. He just goes off on anybody he can go off on. And he didn't seem like he liked anybody. And it seemed like everybody was trying to hold him down. Right. So, like, he is, you know, asked a bunch of questions and he – verifies that she was silenced into speaking about the assault. Um, he also said that she was 
at times pressured to go on the private jet. Um, he also alleges that Vince came to her hotel room at one point. Again, I don't know what of this is true or not. And here, this is leads to the ultimate problem with this podcast. And that is, they can't prove anything. The assault is an affidavit, written in an affidavit. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the silencing, the wanting to have her not talk because of the relationship with the military, um, who knew about it, um, all this kind of stuff. Like, they can't prove any of that. Like, like so it's just a lot of fluff, <laughs> basically. You know, as a, as a journalist myself, um, yes, that court, that affidavit, the court documents, that's, you know, your bread and butter. That's your goal. That's, that's what you have. But everything else is accusations that you can't prove or disprove. And I would not have ever included in a story because it opens yourself up to libel and slander charges. Now, again, I don't know how they present it or not present it uh, in that, in, in, in that regard. But, you know, I always err on if I don't have the proof of something, I don't I don't use it. You can't use it. Right. And like I said, and they, they kind of dance around like there's no outright like accusations. But that the, the picture is clearly trying to be painted in that this is what happened to her. This is how WWE reacted to it. That really, you know, was a traumatic turn of events for her. The injuries, performing through the injuries, it led to her release, and so on and so forth. And, you know, they, they skim over the fact, in, in my opinion, they would they skim over the fact that, you know, she did have some drug issues. Um, and she they skim over her, the, her suicide and the nature of it, um, which, sadly, was, you know, via hanging. And, and you know, it, it's terrible. Um, and I don't even think that's on Wikipedia. Like, you know, TMZ was my source for looking that up because I, you know, it took me a little bit to figure out exactly what happened there. Oh uh, yeah. Cause they're slim and they don't care. I, right. Um, and yeah, so she, uh, she died May 15th, 2019 and apparently was, had done filmed a PSA for being against suicide before this, before her death. Um, you know, Ashley Massaro's story is quite sad. And mm. I, my personal opinion now, I can certainly believe that WWE would want to protect the relationship with the military. I can certainly buy that. Um, and I can certainly buy the fact that her having experienced this horrible event in Kuwait was probably and not being able to do anything about it or bring anybody to justice. They even interview somebody in the military um, talking about all the, all the rape that would go on um, on military bases uh, across, uh, across the world. Um, yeah. And that became a big news story at one, at one point. Um, I think it was, and it was past the point. I think it was, it was early teens. So it was past, you know, the point that the incident happened with her. Right. And, um, you know, so it, it's, you know, I am really sad that she's not with us any longer. She, by all accounts, was a cool person. Um, and 
it, you know, they have a, a segment where her best friend is like, you know, standing at her grave and tearing up and stuff. And this is a person who really loves wrestling to this day, but obviously harbors some, you know, uh, bad feelings about WWE and, and how they treated her. And, you know, that's the big story is how she was treated after this happened. Um, you know, my opinion of this podcast, though, is I can't recommend it because, you know, if you look up what happened, you can kind of get, you know, come to the conclusions yourself. Um, there's a couple pieces of information that you might not have known, um, but there's a lot of padding for people that don't watch wrestling. And like I said, this is three hours and 41 minutes. So there's really, you know, you talk when I say padding for a three hour and 41 minute podcast, you know, there's just not a lot here. And it, it reminded me in a way of like the serial podcast when they did a whole season on Adnan Saeed, the true for true crime aficionados out there. Um, and, you know, it just, you know, a person is trying to take a stance trying to prove like in that case trying to prove that this guy was innocent and i actually think he is out now but that beside the point at the time like trying to prove something and at the end of the podcast season you know they can't prove it and so that's kind of what you're left with um and that's kind of the parallel i'm trying to draw here with this podcast is they're trying to tell you something and they can only prove certain things and the things that they can't prove it just kind of left with like, okay, this is a really sad story, but it didn't get any interviews with anybody from WWE, obviously. And uh, so that's why this is kind of probably flying under the radar to a certain extent on Audible. Um, so, yeah, it, it was an interesting listen and a very sad story, but I can't I can't recommend it. Um Leonard, do you remember a lot about Ashley Massaro? Other than, I mean, you mentioned the Playboy shoot, but yes, I mean, I do remember uh, her being one of the Diva Search winners, and you know, I always kind of group her with what well, I mentioned, Christy, Hemi, and Maria, and those types uh, that were more, um, you know, had decent personalities, uh, but were mostly just pretty faces um, that were kind of would have been better off as valets or backstage interviewers than trying to be forced into the ring. Um, of course, I do remember her being one of the Playboy models. I remember when she was like, go. I remember hearing about her suicide and not a whole lot of details uh, around that being released at the time. But, of course, a lot of outpouring of support from the people who worked with her um, at there and, uh, and there. And, yeah, I mean, she's it, it's certainly someone I remember. But, you know, if I was going to say my favorite all-time women, she probably doesn't make the top 50 um, because she wasn't there that long and she wasn't given uh, a whole lot to do. Uh, so just as, as, as a wrestling personality, uh, but it is a very tragic story. And, and I'm kind of sorry because from what you're telling me, again, I haven't listened to the podcast. It sounds almost exploitive that they're um, picked her and they're trying to use to use wrestling terminology, her story to get themselves over um in in a way here and i mentioned earlier about being a journalist myself and you know being a documentarian is a little bit different because when you construct a documentary it's almost like we're writing a term paper you go in with a thesis and you're trying to prove the thesis now if you don't prove it you should go back to the beginning and rewrite it uh but what you often find a lot of the times and what you find with this is we're just going to pound that round peg into the square hole until it until it fits and it doesn't that, sound like it works yet. 
Right. And that kind of stuff gets on my nerves, um, especially in documentaries. Uh, I, the documentaries I like, you know, take somebody like Ken Burns, for example. He just tells you the story straightforward. That's personally why I like it. Don't cut corners. Don't paint me a certain picture that isn't true. Like another good example, Searching for Sugar Man, that documentary about the musician who was apparently, they tell you, was a recluse. And these guys doing the documentary you know, rediscovered him, which was a total line of horse shit because he was like still touring and releasing albums, just not anywhere in the u.s like <laughs> so like it was I, big in africa if i remember correct wasn't it or south africa or something like that it was either australia or africa something like that it's been yeah doesn't matter but uh you know let that kind of stuff tell me the whole story tell me both sides try to be neutral if you have an opinion like Werner herzog's documentaries for example he'll state his opinion but he'll show you both sides of it um and in this case, they're trying to paint, they have a thesis and they don't want to vary from that. And the parts that kind of disprove or add bumps in the road to the story they're trying to tell, they kind of skim over or leave out. Um, so in, in that way, I don't know if it's worth uh, your time. But, uh, you know, by all means, if you uh, have listened to it, let me know what you think, if you disagree or agree. Um, if you want to share any memories of Ashley Massaro watching, uh, please do. And uh, check out other episodes. Uh, segment Surgery, What's That Card, Stupid Questions, Random Match Reviews. And we are also available wherever you listen to podcasts. For Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next time.